We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fires downfield to Jamar Chase. He's got it. Wow. Takes it all the way. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor. Touchdown. Pass is caught. Touchdown. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm joined, as always, by Sean Siegel, who you can follow at FF underscore contrarian. Still trying to figure out those account login details for Sean to, to get those tweets activated. We're also joined, though, by Blair Andrews here today, who we had planned to run back the FFPC $125 best ball draft. But what we've done instead is we're going to win the BBM tree here, and then we're going to circle back and do that at a later time. So Blair is here. You can follow him on Twitter at Am I the Read Blair. Obviously, he is part of the fantastic Road of His Report podcast with himself and Hassan Rahim, who jump back into action over the past week with a show with Connor O'Driscoll. So Blair, first, welcome to the show. Second, it's BBM tree time. Yeah, excited to be here. I think uh, if you were watching the stream last night, you know we drafted a best ball tournament team with Connor who came in came in first last year and beat us. So I guess if uh, you know we're having trouble getting these to fill, it's because everyone saw how good our team was last night and just gave up. Yeah, the, the other thing here is that was a an interesting team you did build yesterday but we get the 109 here so we know that uh blair likes to push out the boat on the first running back selected how are we feeling here the 109 feels like a a chance to to really do that blair yesterday ben and i drafted a main event team where we selected four running backs in the first six rounds sean has become the uh running back drafter (laughs) the running back heaviest draft i think that i've ever done i can't think back till i think back to like 2008 when i started i mean there's never been one like that never once so i mean if you drafted four running backs in the first six rounds would you then just quit quit the draft <laughs> if blair yeah. done it i would have to think there was a, a technical issue with the site that was causing the trouble <laughs> some kind of glitch so we are at the 109 and we haven't drafted together sean from the back end of the the first round in quite some time obviously we're drafting with blair here we haven't done that a lot over the the last little bit but we'll always lean towards the guest as well 109 who are some of your favorite targets here blair um i mean obviously i like getting wide receivers here if they fall Diggs or adams um i think i've kind of been avoiding travis kelsey at this 
at this spot just because I like the second round. I like some later tight ends a little bit better that I'm hoping to get. What are you thinking, Sean? We still have Diggs on the board, Eckler on the board, Dalvin Cook, Devontae, or Devontae Adams. I'd probably lean towards one of those two wide receivers. How are you feeling? Yeah, I have a lot of Devontae Adams. I think that he is undervalued this season. It'll be interesting to see here. Diggs goes, does go with the 107. Blair, are you doing a lot of Devontae Adams, C.D. Lamb builds when you have a pick in the final third? I have done that a few times. I don't, uh, you know, I guess Adams isn't my favorite first-round pick, and there he goes, so we missed him. Um, but I do, I do like that combo. So we are on the clock, 17 seconds left to go. I, I would be open to going here with Kelsey or Lamb and then coming back hoping to get Swift or Barkley in the second round. What do you want to do, Sean? I would prefer to go Lamb over Barkley or over over Kelsey. I yeah. I don't think this is the format to be selecting Travis Kelsey. I have had to tone down <laughs> my anti-Kelsey rhetoric a little bit as the Chiefs wide receivers have struggled to emerge quite like i was hoping in the preseason but one of the things that we know about that is you're actually getting very very limited information in the preseason and you're making a lot of decisions based off of that you will go down or you can go down the wrong path in a real hurry where we we didn't get a clear pick on that first one so when we get back here at the 204 what are you looking to do i think barkley and swift are both very much in play here if they make it, um, one of them's going to have to. We're one pick away. We have to get one of them. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm good with either of those. I I slightly prefer Swift this year, but but I like both those picks. Well, we have an option for both, Sean. So I'll let you be the tiebreaker here. So you're going to go Barkley. So I I tie. Well, we'll have to tiebreak with Blair because we know that Blair is one of the best drafters in the entire world one of the reasons why we were able to finish second in the ffpc tournament last year blair you and i finished 31st after an unfortunate stat correction in the ffpc main event in 2020 and we did not select any running backs in that draft until round 11 we do spring for a running back here with swift part of that is there just are absolutely zero wide receiver options Debo Samuel now starting to slide into the third as concerns about that passing game continue to ramp up and he's got at least a little ding I don't know if it's really an injury Mike Evans more of a fourth round value AJ Brown also in a pass heavy slash hybrid QB offense T Higgins a clear number two Michael Pittman a a weird player at his ADP Keenan Allen probably not the play there Mike Williams next I mean if you don't get one of those top wide receivers, the second round looks pretty bleak. Was that your thought process on Swift or Ben and I just did our bold predictions right on Swift. And I said, he's going to be the 2013 Jamal Charles. Uh, can I get you to go to that extent? Oh, definitely. I've been, I've been tempted to, you know, to take Swift in the middle of the first round. Sometimes like as soon as the top five are off the board, I think Swift is in play. I think in this situation, like, for example, if Lamb had owned off the board before it, you're into Barkley and Swift at that point. I think the drafter here at the 209 getting Barkley is an extreme value for him. But, Sean, we did talk on a recent Road of His Overtime podcast that they really, for me, should be kind of at that 6-7 spot, the Barkley and, and Swift. So are you kind of in the same boat, player on that? Or is it only with Swift? That's the second question. 
<laughs> um, yeah, I can. I think that Barkley can make sense there. I think there are maybe a couple guys I'd rather have than than Barkley, but um, but he's definitely going too late in almost every format this year. I also uh, have mentioned to Sean a couple of times if we have drafted at the say the one eleven or one twelve that if we take it was usually if we take two running backs there that means we can't take any running backs at the three four turn that's usually for J.K. Dobbins or or Bell but uh or Brees Hall sorry but when we look through the options here Sean was quite disparaging to those wide receivers that he was naming off he he did say Evans as a fourth round pick and then he said A.J. Brown. And I thought he was going to say it's also a fourth round pick, and I was going to have to, <laughs> to step in uh, in case Ben Gretsch was was listening to this one. But Brian does go off the board. Who are some of the the options here? Is we're five picks away in the queue. My dream pick here would be T Higgins. I don't think he gets this. DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton, kind of Jill and Waddler in the same kind of range. Then I like all those picks, um, but yeah, I think to your point, you know, we talk a lot about how wide receiver is not deep it's actually very shallow and that feels especially true this year makes it a little bit hard to to build a team after you've taken swift in the second but they're really tempting us here with higgins uh two picks away higgins still available <laughs> we're ready to our tears are about to start yeah, assuming he's higgins not going will be to my... make it because he's not yeah. do you have any priority three four turn wide receivers well uh waddle i think should be going a little bit earlier um, I do like DJ Moore. Oh my. Higgins is still there. There we go. So everyone now frantically checking to see if he was injured immediately yeah. before the show started. We get T Higgins at the 309, DJ Moore. Where uh, we've talked all a lot about his elite peripherals and excruciatingly poor QB play. Are you expecting the same basic thesis to play out, but with Baker Mayfield being a competent QB, or, or do you have some other dynamics also going on with Moore as someone you like in that area? Yeah, I would expect that offense to be a little bit better with Mayfield. I mean, he obviously was not not great last year, but he was able to make some receivers pretty, um, pretty competent. So uh, I think we should expect a step forward from DJ Moore just in terms of you know, improved offensive quality. Um, having Christian McCaffrey back will also make a big difference there. Is that the latest, Sean, that you've got T Higgins at any point this year? That was the 309. I've been taking him sometimes at the at the back end of the second round. <laughs> 209? <laughs> I think I took him at the 204 once just to do a little bit of a unique Work. build, make one of those no. early reaches. But now it doesn't yeah. even look like that early reach makes sense because other drafters in this back third evidently you're going to have access to some t higgins as well we're now one pick away Pittman does go Pittman goes at the 311 which is also really surprising i mean he's been a two three turn player dj moore does go one spot ahead of us player you mentioned jalen waddle marquise brown jerry judy i think probably the other two players also in the mix for sure i like waddle here but i'm good with i'm good with either of those guys as well yeah, I like Waddle the most, but Sean did make the pitch that Jerry Judy was the 2022 right. Cooper Cup. But uh, I would go Waddle unless Sean wants to overrule us. The, the advantage of Sean doing the actual draft is he always has the option to just pick whoever he wants, no matter what we say. <laughs> just, just a misclick. Just a misclick. Right. <laughs> so, no, we take Waddle here, and 
you know, not too much in the way of spoilers, but Blair, the article I just sent to you may or may not feature Jalen Waddle as the must draft secondary breakout candidate. If you miss on or can't afford Michael Pittman, go through a lot of different stats, including the breakout trajectories of the different players. We rely obviously a lot on Blair's research for player arcs, trajectories, when players break out, how much they break out by, what that means for the following season, and also use some cool tools like Blair's Win the Flex tool. They talk about the different players in the range of outcomes. One of the things here when we compare players, if you really do believe that the offensive context is better for one guy or the other, you might prefer Michael Pittman and think that he's going to hit his high outcome, his 75th percentile outcome, while Waddle hits his 25th, but you almost have to start to go in that direction to prefer Pittman. Basically, this is an anti-Pittman note. It's just a note on <laughs> Waddle that there are a lot of things you can do in there. That basically, at this price, it's going to be more or less upside for Jalen Waddle, unless he's hurt. And one of the things I also talk a little bit in that piece is that I mean, this has been more or less his price. We are seeing him fall. He did fall to the 410 in the main event that Blair that Ben and I did the other day, but it sounds like he probably is just being careful with the team is just being careful with it. So Jalen Waddle, we like to add him to teams in the fourth round. Yeah. And I think especially, I know Blair, when when we took Swift, the concern usually is who's available at the three, four turn there, but to come away with Higgins and Waddle, I think is a, an absolute smash start to pair with lamb along with Swift. Um, I certainly didn't think T Higgins would be getting assembled into the squad at, at that point. Definitely. So if when you get through the 3-4 turn, if you don't get your guys, if you've taken someone like Barkley or Swift, are you wishing then that you had reached for Debo or something like that? The ongoing joke here on the show is that I have had great fortune in my underdog drafts where <laughs> my selections have usually been 106 or above. So I haven't got caught that much, but I f- I'm, I'm probably like you, Blair. If I take a running back in those opening rounds and it doesn't work out, I always blame it on the running back. <laughs> but um yeah i think at that point there i would uh, like you would still have some options at that turn like you know we had the option to get for example judy was there even somebody like terry mclaurin was there you know there is options to still go they're just not as attractive as the the pairing we've got in terms of players drafted this year waddle is now my most rostered wide receiver at this point so i've been kind of fading tyreek hill a lot of the way and picking up and waddle then instead so a lot of the time that second round wide receiver is not going to be held and then usually in the fourth round i'm trying to get waddle so lots of him there but it can you can get priced out very very quickly at wide receiver and this room so far has been quite forgiving to us so we'll see how it plays out my biggest challenge with sean is Brees hall is usually in that range he goes here at the the 504 sean we obviously have drafted Brees hall a lot this year usually in that kind of fourth round range what are the concerns for you at the moment with the the news that he may not be the starter or are we just thinking long term as the season progresses that he's still going to be ahead i would just think that my concern is that i'm wrong about everything right i mean if Brees hall is not a good player then you've got to question the foundations of <laughs> well everything fantasy sports this is a situation like the Jonathan Taylor situation where we would expect him to come on late. I joked with Blair about that draft where he took the four running backs. I I don't think it's any surprise to listeners that those four running backs were Saquon Barkley, 
DeAndre Swift, and then in the fifth, Brees Hall, and the sixth, J.K. Dobbins. I'm still pretty comfortable with that, and I like those prices. Now, we get on the clock here in the fifth round, and Blair, for me, the 3-4 is not a concern, but the 5-6 when you have this draft position is a problem. Where are we going? Yeah. Well, um, I think this is a decent price on Darren Waller. Let's go. Um, I do. Seconds left. Darren Waller up the way, up the way. Oh. He's going to take Mooney. Uh, Mooney's okay, Sean, too. Yeah, I, I thought I thought I was meant to be the Mooney guy, and then Sean just jumps and <laughs> takes him over Waller. So, but Waller here, it, the tight ends that have any questions in underdog with the prices that you get on some of those guys late, uh, that for me was just the reason I clicked on Mooney because I think we do want more receivers and yeah, I mean Blair Justin Fields. I mean he was he was good in preseason week three, so all our problems are solved, right? All the questions go away. Is that the way that it works? I think that's right, unless it's like Cole Komet season and there's nothing left for Mooney. Oh, there's gonna be lots left for Mooney. I, I don't. I'm not too worried about him. I think. Uh, I think Mooney of, probably has 100 percent exposure to himself on underdog. He's looking at Allen Robinson's price and is like, I, "Did no one watch the Chicago Bears play last year? Like, <laughs> I was open on every play and made all these circus catches and have elite speed. Allen Robinson can't beat the offensive lineman in a sprint and was always like falling down and rolling along on the ground. <laughs> like, why is that dude getting drafted ahead of me? So, tell us where? tell us how you really feel, Sean. Um, but the other thing it does allow us is Swift, uh, the Bears-Lions face-off in Week 17, so that opens that up pretty nicely. I would have been tempted, and Blair probably would have been tempted, to take Waller and then see if Mooney comes back, but we are one pick away, and we're going to have a lot of interest and options. Sean, you have in the queue Michael Thomas, Kyler Murray, Elijah Moore. Kyler Murray goes off the board. Brant Nayuk, Drake London, and then Devontae Smith. Out of those guys, Blair, who would your choice be? Honestly, probably not Michael Thomas. Okay. London or Ayuk. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna go with the <laughs> the ADP reach a little bit. I like it. <laughs> uh, Sean, out of interest, had you Michael Thomas in the queue just for fun, or was that a legitimate option? I think that must have been a misclick as well. I, I probably <laughs> wasn't paying attention. I was just loading it up with wide receivers, and he snuck in there. No, I mean Michael Thomas could obviously have a good year. I think. Again, one of the things that we talk about, and it's important for listeners to know that we're not saying that no one is ever going to bounce back, that no veteran wide receivers are ever going to be down and then come back and play well again, right? Because there are some that's going to happen. But you look at the numbers, you look at the probabilities, you look at skewing all of these drafts in your favor, and why would you be chasing points from players who were good several years ago? And A.J. Green, you can draft in the 18th round. He is going to start and play for the Arizona Cardinals, right? If you want to draft a guy who was good a long time ago based on his name, you can do that, but get a better price. I I think the Allen Robinson thing got me wound up, but it doesn't <laughs> mean that we think that we're going to be right. It's a matter of, 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 again, trying to build all of these things to where you can beat ADP and you don't have players where, you know, a month into the season, you're just like, I mean, we knew that history doesn't like these players and yet we drafted them anyway because of the name uh, that's not the position you want to be in so we have a bit of time here we're 13 picks away before we will be back on the board again we do have deandre swift cd lamb t higgins jalen waddle darnell mooney and drake london so we're really uh ramping it up at wide receiver like what we're doing so far 
We are going to get into the range, though, when it does come back, where some of these elite quarterbacks may be going by ADP. Joe Burrow would be the next quarterback off the board. Then you're into kind of Russell Wilson after that. Obviously, uh, Joe Burrow would fit with T. Higgins in this. Is there any of the quarterbacks, Blair, that are in this range or below, you know, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, that, that you'd be interested in? Dak would obviously work with, with C.D. Lamb in this one as well. Yeah, I um I obviously have been getting a ton of Burrow because I like I like to try and grab him on all my Chase and Higgins teams. Um I guess after this range I think Justin Fields does make sense. He's going a little bit later. I think if we had Devontae Adams, I'd be into Derek Carr. Jared Goff. I I actually like Jared Goff. <laughs> not at this not at this price. We have, uh, yeah, I, I have too much, uh, too much Detroit Lions. The, all the ugly teams I have loaded up on, so we'll see. Sean and Sean and myself, the the one thing missing from this team is we need to get some Jets and Seahawks action because that's where we like to uh, spend our time. But when we look here, we we should have an option. We're, we're we're four picks away. Joe Burrow did go off the clock or go off the board, so I, I'm not really buying in on Wilson um, all that much unless I have you know Sutton or or. Uh, judy which we don't um what what are you thinking here is brady also goes off the board yeah i think with burrow off the board and we can wait on quarterback a little bit yeah if he makes it yeah hammer hammer more but uh, i slightly prefer Devontae. um which which do you prefer sean well i think our chances to get both are obviously a lot greater if we go with elijah Moore. he's massively below edp right here he does go off the board so he goes two picks ahead of us. The my in my three highest exposure players, I have Garrett Wilson. Blair, is that how you're also playing the Jets, taking the cheaper of two potential breakout players, or are you just not playing the Jets because they're not going to score a lot of points? <laughs> I am taking some Garrett Wilson. I think at his price, it makes a lot of sense to get to get quite a bit of exposure to him. Um, I mean. You know, we always have these kind of concerns about rookie wide receivers who are exciting coming in. We had the same concerns about A.J. Brown and Justin Jefferson coming in, going in about the same range as Wilson and being on offenses we didn't necessarily believe in, but those worked out. So I'm I'm happy getting Wilson where he is. And Blair, the zero RB candidates countdown <coughs> came out this past week. Out of those guys... Are there any, especially relevant, any in this range who jump out to you as must-draft players? In this range, I definitely like getting Penny. Um, I guess Ken Walker is falling a little bit, so he's not quite in this range, but he's someone I've been drafting a lot of. Um, Singletary is getting getting some steam at least on ffpc but he's another guy that i i love to draft are you are you worried at all about cook and then especially moss moss just a little bit of a of fly in the ointment there since i mean he's not great but he's solid and he's solid in a way that can take away high value touches right yeah yeah it's definitely con- a concern the buffalo backfield kind of it kind of feels like some of the old new england backfields where you you know there's going to be value there but you don't know exactly how to play it and you might 
just prefer to get whoever's the cheapest. I think Moss is another guy who's who's pretty interesting late. But but I do like Singletary. I mean, uh, his talent we know from the advanced stats is just um, great. So I want to get him on. Uh, Harry on Hawkinson. You want Penny over Hawkinson? Yeah. I like Hawkinson. I like Penny too. <laughs> So we get so we'll let ourselves because... time out there and get Penny because <laughs> we do have DeAndre Swift. And in week 17, those guys can obviously play together, have a good season. It might even right. improve your chances to win the $1 million. It might improve your chances to advance to the fantasy playoffs. We're going to play this one for the $2 million, right? So we want all of those touchdowns in week 17 to go to Swift. And Hawkinson is the type of player who falls well below ADP sometimes. Not right here. He goes at pick 90. <laughs> so... We still don't have a tight end. We still don't have a quarterback. We know from all of the great work from Bjorn and Madison and Connor and Michael Dubner with the incomparable best ball Bible, the great work from Blair, all of the cool stuff from Anthony Shook helping to replicate Mike Beer's amazing roster construction explorers in the underdog format that the onesie positions are important. So that's something that we will want to address as we move into rounds 9, 10, etc. Blair, if you get caught a little bit like this, where maybe you haven't addressed the quarterbacks at the front of the window, maybe you haven't gotten an elite tight end because when you suggested uh, Darren Waller, your draft partner just randomly clicked on <laughs> What do you like to do to then catch up at the onesies? I like to still try and get two quarterbacks in, you know, in the late part of the window and stop there. I'm I'm a little bit more comfortable if I have to take three tight ends. I'm a little more comfortable doing that. Uh like three late tight ends. I don't want to have I definitely don't want to have three at both positions. I was just going to say Goddard Goddard is uh, not someone I'm drafting a lot of, but at this price, I think he, he makes some sense. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One of the things that's been fun about doing a lot of underdog in the last week is that as we get sort of more enthusiasm, we get uh, preseason, we get a bunch, uh, we get a, a wave of fresh new drafters. I, at least my experience has been that we're getting some players who really fall, some players who really rise, as opposed to the vast majority of drafters just trying to, you know, squeeze a little bit of an ADP edge. That does make it fun. Mm. You mentioned Dallas Goddard. He's got an ADP of 88. No real reason that I'm aware of that he should be falling. And yet we are now outside the top 100 picks. Makes it a little bit interesting. I'd also put Dawson Knox in the queue. Someone I have zero shares of. And yet, you know, we potentially go in a range that would be interesting. And I mean, we're not necessarily trying to play wide receiver tight end off of each other for week 17. But he does have that game against T. Higgins. We're about four picks away. Some of those QBs who would be the end of the window, Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, Justin Fields, and arguably Tua, Aaron Rodgers goes. I've I've become a lot more enthusiastic about him with how good Romeo Dobbs has looked. I think that there's now a possibility that he has just as normal Aaron Rodgers season. Man, if we had just drafted Darren Waller, this Derek Carr pick would be so easy in one one (laughs) selection. I would probably well, do the uh, Justin Fields RS pick will make here. will make more sense when we get there, right? I think it will, and I would probably lean to Harris or Singletary. Have you guys anyone outside of that? Borks would be the wide receiver, obviously. But is it Singletary for you, Blair? Yeah, I think so. I mean, in a vacuum, it's probably Burks for me. But, but so through like nine rounds, we have DeAndre Swift, Rashad Penny, Devin Singletary, C.D. Lamb, T. Higgins, Jalen Waddle, Darnell Mooney, Drake London, and Devontae Smith. Three running backs, six wide receivers. We haven't addressed the onesies yet. But in terms of an overall build and upside at the deeper positions, this team has all the earmarks of a $2 million team. I think so far we've started off really strong to get Penny and Singletary there to pair with Swift as well. Is nice for the, the running backs. You mentioned Fields. I think Fields becomes the clear target for us at quarterback. That would usually be uh, Fields was off the board uh, 20 picks or so ahead of ADP, as I say that. Uh, so that there uh, puts a little bit of uh, dust in the, the ointment here. As Sean was hinting at earlier, so Carr is available potentially first in one pick. Then we're into Kirk Cousins to uh, Trevor Lawrence. Do we need to just get a, a stable quarterback at this point to add to the build? Uh, or are we really looking to, to hold off and, and see what we can do later with the likes of Goff, for example? I do like Carr, even even without having any of his receivers. I haven't been drafting a lot of Tua, but he maybe makes sense on a Waddle team. Yeah, let's, let's consider maybe hit Damian Harris here, who mm-hmm. seems like a pretty big value. And... Uh, then try and look at Tua coming back to us. As I went through that Jalen Waddle article, I've actually gotten more enthusiastic about Tyreek Hill too. And it's one of those things where 
I've been joking with people like Blair and Ben and Colum and Connor about that long reception for Kyle Pitts and how his ADP reacted to it. And not just ADP, but the fact that you're you're much less likely now to get the really big drop, even in a half PPR format like this. And it's just like, I mean, people didn't know that you know Kyle Pitts could could make a 50-yard reception. There's a, a little bit of the same dynamic with Tyreek Hill. And yet, even with that, and and you know, it's it's the flip side where it's hard to actually just because of the way human minds work to not just feel a little bit of comfort seeing that happen out there on the field. Tyreek Hill to me does look like he's in a little bit of a decline phase, but the other side of that is that he underperformed from an efficiency perspective last year, just kind of randomly bouncing back a little bit, irrespective of the caliber of his quarterbacks. And I think that having Jalen Waddle will be similar for him to having Tyreek, uh, Travis Kelsey, there are not going to be a lot of other options, just like there weren't last year in Kansas City. I wouldn't be surprised if both Waddle and Hill perform well. The issue for Tua really is, can he bring anybody else with him? I mean, you, you say, well, he's going to have two top four round wide receivers and they both actually beat ADP. How does he languish down here with an ADP of 135? But the problem is just that we don't think that he's that good. And if you have a concentrated passing attack maybe just those two guys are still not enough Blair what are your concerns with Tua you mentioned you don't have a lot of him is it volume is it talent is it the offensive scheme um I think it's mostly the thing you mentioned it's related to talent and um I may be a little bit more skeptical about Tyreek Hill still than you are although I should probably take another look at that but that's that's kind of what I'm thinking that even if Waddle you know, beats his ADP and Hill matches that, uh, you still might not have enough for, for Tua to really have a, a breakout season. It seems like they have no interest in using Gesicki as a receiver. So, And that's one of the reasons I do think that both of those wide receivers could pretty easily beat their ADPs. We still also don't have a tight end. Pat Fryermuth and Albert O, both pretty appealing once we start to get in this range. I mean, it's, it's hard to pass on Rondell Moore, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just keep taking the receivers. Oh, he Ron does go. Went. So goes. Yeah. He's probably the, the clear option here at wide receiver. Um, we still have a little bit to go. We are only a couple of picks ahead of Tua, but do we want to see, do we want to take Wilson and see what comes back out of Tua and Albert O, or do we want to take Tua here? I think uh, I'm okay risking it and seeing if Tua makes it back. You know, if worse comes to worse, we have Jared Goff, we have Mac Jones, we have, Zach we have some options. We have Joe Flacco. Yeah. <laughs> so we do take Garrett Wilson there. We are really getting pretty loaded here at, at wide receiver at this point in time. Um, but yeah, we have no quarterbacks and, and no tight ends, which usually isn't our style at this particular point of the draft. But it's going to be fun to see how we Frankenstein the back end of this roster together. So the player that I've been drafting quite a bit, and I think it is a very narrow path to success. But if the path were to hit, I think the upside is gigantic is Marcus Mariota. Now, obviously more reports out again this morning that despite, you know, some good, some bad in his preseason that they are trying to get Desmond Ritter ready to play. I mean, that's, that's tricky because if Marcus Mariota plays a full season, he's going to outscore someone like Justin Fields. He's going to score a lot of points. We could take both Mariota and Ritter in the last 
two rounds, obviously that throws away a roster spot, which you don't want to do when you only have 18 at the same time. A lot of the picks in round 18 are also throwaway picks. So you can look at that from <laughs> a couple of different directions. So we are back on the clock. We still have all the options of Alberto Tua and Rashad White is there as well, who would go in a pretty good spot here. Who's your on? And I guess Blair, who are you feeling with 15 seconds to make a selection here? Well, it's got to be Alberto or Tua, right? Yeah, I'm good with either. I was going to say it might be fun to have all of our last picks be the onesies, but we probably shouldn't play that game. So you wanted to pass on both of those guys. He just didn't want. <laughs> he just didn't want to get two. That was, I think, what I'm reading between the lines here. With <laughs> if I have a chance to do something that seems a little bit crazy. So we do take Alberto. We do get our first tight end here off the draft. Um, uh, what are your thoughts, Blair, on the Alberto uh, Greg Dolcich situation in Denver? Are you, you know, the, the upgrade that he has obviously got at quarterback is quite massive to Russell Wilson. He also was playing with Noah Fant last year in a kind of limited role and did look good in that and, and still had production. What, what's your thoughts there? If, have you concerns? We get him at the 1204, which is a lot different than where he would have been going, you know, four months ago. Yeah, I don't have a ton of concerns about the competition. I think, um, you know, Fant is someone that I have actually liked for a long time. So um, even if Albert O was good, I can believe that they would want to maybe prioritize Fant. But I think now with, with Wilson at quarterback and with Fant gone, it's it's Albert O's time to shine. So I'm, I'm excited for that. How are you feeling, Sean, about this uh, zero quarterback strategy that we've got going on so far? <laughs> Isn't late round quarterback the way to win all of your leagues? Isn't that what we've known for years and years and years? I, currently in the queue, we have Trevor Lawrence, Daniel Jones, Mac Jones, Jerry Goff, Ryan Tannehill, Marcus Mariota, Kenny Pickett, and Malik Willis. One of the things that's kind of fun is you do these drafts and you look at the projected points, and it's always the team that took four quarterbacks who has the most projected points, which is kind of humorous. <laughs> we, we know that obviously that's not going to be the way that it works out. The roster construction explorer and it's only looking at the one year but it recommends very heavily just two qbs we also know that it actually fits with results from other formats that have strong similarities over a multi your perspective there are some things in terms of the way the contest works to where if you have three quarterbacks that would benefit you the problem just is that at this point the expectation in terms of scoring for the late qbs really is so much lower that even with an optimized lineup it hurts a lot more than it helps, especially again, when you're giving away one of those key draft slots, one of the spots on your roster, we have kind of moved ourselves in that direction, which I don't hate if that's what the draft forces you to do. I think you have to have a few of these drafts where you miss in order not to spend your entire draft season reaching at QB, which you also don't want when you hit on your QBs in the window, you want them to be on power teams, not on reach teams. And then that gives you the flexibility to pursue something like this that maybe doesn't have as great a history behind it. But there are scenarios that would play out this season that would make those the super teams. And so we can't say just because it hasn't worked in the past that it will definitively not work this year or sometime in the future. The other thing it allows you to do is pick your favorite players. And if your favorite player is Marcus Mariota, you can do that. If you want to take some Malik Willis and you think that he's going to be a guy at midseason who goes out there and plays like Lamar Jackson, I mean, you can put that in. I mean, there are a lot of worse players being drafted than Malik Willis. So 
again, just kind of thinking through it from that perspective. We're coming up here on pick 153. We really do need quarterbacks and tight ends still. You can see here with the board that they are not the great values. <laughs> so if we had something else that we wanted to do, that would also be a possibility. I also think that we are strong enough that we worked ourselves into a situation where we could go three QB and three tight end, even though that's, again, not what we want to do. I think Algier could be a, an interesting pick here, or obviously you've added Hamler to the queue, who would also be on there. Wendell Robinson. <laughs> so we're on the we're on the clock. How are we feeling? I think like by build so far, Algier probably makes the most sense. But who do you want to go with, Blair? Yeah, I think at this point, I'm happy waiting on on the onesies. I like Algier. We're just trying to gather up all those uh, zero RB list candidates, Sean. Um, we're just just going to work our way through the rest of the draft, picking those guys up. Uh, it's always going to do a draft like this where you feel at home. I mean, when you're <laughs> drafting with Blair, when you're drafting with Column, feels good. Feels good. Very easy. We're on the same page. Got to get a lot of guys we like. I mean, it may just be a team that we just draft our players and enjoy that and, and lose because we have no tight ends at quarterbacks. <laughs> you mentioned as well, you know, we've obviously passed on the elite tight ends. We passed on Waller, for example, and we have passed on the quarterback so far. But if you look through the names that are on this roster, it's obviously picking up the quality and those other spots so we are pretty strong at uh running back i think overall for for the lineups that we're usually putting together and then wide receiver is loaded here so if we can patch this together at the end with some quarterbacks that do have that spike week potential i think we're into uh we're into a pretty fun scenario here so yeah going going to be interesting to see how we ended up so we are heading into the 14th round here we are three picks away no Fant is still on the board, but he usually goes in the 180s. The one player, Sean, that was the other tight end that we usually would target is Gerald Everett. He went off the board quite some time ago at an earlier proposition than normal. He's he's finally started to move. He's finally moved into the range that I think makes sense for him. I don't know that we necessarily want to risk Fant at this point. He, there's For me, there's a big gap between him and everyone else, even though by ADP, he is the seventh tight end available. Yeah, I think that's right. And there aren't any of these guys on the QB list that are like must draft guys. So I'm happy with Fant here. We did it, Sean. We did it earlier, but we've really wrapped it up now. We've got Garrett Wilson. We've got Noah Fant. We've got Rashad Penny. We've got the Jets and Seahawks well and truly ramping up. And we still have a possibility that we could take Zach Wilson if we wanted later on in the draft. <laughs> So we have uh, we have another fifteen picks to wait. I'm sure. Then we are probably looking at some quarterback selections. Um, Sean, we talked recently about Ryan Tannehill being very undervalued, and then over the last couple of days, we've seen his backup quarterback and Malik Willis, who touched on earlier, get a lot of a buzz over a, f- a few preseason highlights. I think it, Tannehill leads that offense the entire season, and then we're looking at potentially next year there being a change, but. Have you shifted your opinion at all on Tannehill or Willis in terms of how to play them? Well, the, the situation here with both Marcus Mariota and Ryan Tannehill is those guys have to win games, right? I mean, you have to put your team in position to be in the playoffs to keep your job because the, the team is simply going to want to see what those other quarterbacks have. I mean, the, the upside for these rushing quarters, and it, it goes back to what we were saying during the draft process is these guys should have gone in the first round to teams who needed quarterbacks you could say that the the titans and the falcons actually played it very well because they end up their guys at a big discount to having taken them 
in the first round. Obviously, Sam Howell should have gone much, much earlier. I mean, I wouldn't be against taking him in this draft. Taking four QBs would actually work fine because when you look at how the builds set up, to have the five running backs that we have, to have the seven running backs, uh, wide receivers that we have, and the two tight ends that we have, when we have flexibility here, those guys are going to need to stay healthy. They're going to need to score points. But I don't know that a late pick at some of these other spots necessarily helps us a ton. I mean, you need to have as many bullets as possible. That's one of the reasons why the roster construction explorer goes through it and, and lays these things out for you. But I do think that these QBs have a lot of upside, especially when you consider, again, the rushing upside that the rookies, the backup rookies have. So with that in mind, when we get back here in four picks time, we will be pretty close to the Ryan Tannehill range. Usually the, the Marcus Mariota range is a little bit later. But So the QB situation, I mean, the running back situation boils down to whether or not we want Eno, I think. He is the other guy here who could be a massive league winner. You never have to talk me into him. You almost have to talk me out of him. Is he somebody you're looking at as a possibility here, Blair? Uh, yes, definitely. And he's someone who's been going quite a bit earlier than, than uh, he used to. So I like getting him in here. So we do take Eno there. That kind of wraps us up then at the uh, running back position. We now have DeAndre Swift, Rashad Penny, um, Devin Singletary, Damian Harris, and then Eno Benjamin. So when we look now, we are four picks away. Are we? Maybe we should just wait. Maybe we shouldn't take any quarterbacks. Maybe we should just load up on. Maybe the other we team. just take take Malik Willis and <laughs> let it all ride on him. So uh, Ryan Tannehill does go off the board, though. Uh, so we are to uh, we probably. <laughs> are we, what are we going to do? I mean, Marcus I'm Mariota, happy Marcus with Mariota, like Mariota, a, Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I'm happy with a combo of Mariota and Pickett, and do you know I don't think I I don't I don't know about about Mariota and Ritter on the same team, but. But maybe Willis. So we have Drake London. We have Garrett Wilson. We don't have Traylon Burks. You obviously don't need those guys with the rush-heavy quarterbacks. It, it seems like Marcus Mariota is the clear choice here. Is, is that where we are on this one? Unless you want to wait. Show us the full list, Sean. It's 20 picks to ADP. We, we may as well risk it even further. Well, we only have three selections remaining. So unless we're going to go only with two quarterbacks, which seems not quite viable with the guys. Like Isaiah Spiller? <laughs> I just wanted to push it out to see what, what we could get out of that part. But uh, <laughs> Isaiah Spiller is there. If we didn't have the conundrum we have at the moment, a quarterback, we, I, I would have been very tempted there. So yeah, no, I think um, I, I would have liked to get Tannehill and Mariota, but um I think the upside of Eno as well could be could be interesting. Um, in hindsight, knowing that we miss out on, I, I would have been pretty good like going two quarterbacks with Tannehill and Mariota. We probably do need to go three quarterbacks here now at, the, at this particular moment in time. But who knows when it comes back? There may be no quarterbacks left. <laughs> there are always quarterbacks left. I put Sam Howell in the queue. He is now an option for this team. <laughs> I mean, how long can Washington really push it with their... And Why is Geno Smith not in the queue yet? That's what I'm wondering. Well, it seems like Howell might have a better chance to get into some games this year than Malik Willis. 
and and we've had the really unfortunate uh, just situation here with Brian Robinson and the main concern and, and focus there is just that he sounds like he's safe, sounds like he's going to be healthy, he's going to make a full recovery. Um, from a human perspective, that's great news that he is all right. From a football perspective, Washington gets thinner and has less overall talent. They're going to need playmakers like Sam Howell even more. I also noticed that Geno Smith's still not in the queue, but uh, we'll already have gotten a little bit. Sean Scroll died on the queue for anyone listening. Then. Sean can't find his name. Then uh, Maybe Gino he's Smith already drafted. No, no, he's still there. Uh, <laughs> I have I have plenty of Gino in Superflex in the twentieth round. What if we have Rashad Penny catching passes out of the backfield and Noah Fant catching touchdowns in the end zone? We don't have Gino Smith. It could be a better pill to swallow. <laughs> Even more better than actually drafting Gino Smith. But uh, at this particular point, our cue relates to Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, and Sam Howell. So we're I'm happy to go in on the and on the rookies if we want to do it, but I do think that I, you know, you made the point earlier, Sean, with the Titans and the Falcons regarding the teams have to win, so those quarterbacks have to win. But I do think that Tennessee has a far higher ceiling in terms of the wins and making the playoffs than we will see here with the the Falcons. Uh, we are back on the clock. Who do we want to go? Do we want to go with Kenny Pickett here? Yeah, I like Pickett. He we're all like out on the best we're not chance. We're David Mills, no. <laughs> no, I prefer Pickett. Yeah. <laughs> we we prefer the guy who may not play all season versus the guy who's the starter. Well, I mean, you would prefer Geno Smith over Davis Mills, so for the yeah. for the <laughs> bit of this show and the entertainment of the people listening in, yes. Well, we I spent mean, we, we, we did an entire draft. Uh, for the, the live stream, myself and Zach, we did it with Pat Doherty last week where the whole talk of the show was that we needed Marcus Mariota to stack in this roster because at that point we had Pitts and, yeah, I think we had Drake London as well. And we spent like 10 rounds talking about, I kept saying I want Marcus Mariota. And then we got to that pick and we took Desmond Ritter. So sometimes you just have to do it for the <laughs> entertainment purposes. <laughs> One of the reasons I do like the rookie quarterbacks with this team is that if we believe that Marcus Mariota will be supplanted by Desmond Ritter at some point late, we don't want to take both, then having other quarterbacks with big upside who might be playing at that time of the season instead, I mean, that's the reason that you would play it that way because you're almost expecting to lose one of your QBs. I just don't see any value to drafting guys going into week 17 we're going to make week 17 right i mean you got to be in that final 450 some teams <laughs> if your quarterbacks are geno smith and davis mills then you're like okay i'm gonna finish 450th because these teams are all amazing if you have malik willis then maybe you're thinking i'm gonna win two million dollars we also have Garrett wilson no interest in zach wilson here we're on the clock um i know yeah sean do you like ritter on a team with mariota well Sean's making this decision here by not moving his mouse on the screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Classic silent filibuster. On the draft that Connor did with Blair and Hassan on the road of his report, Connor actually said that he was doing a Sean. So it has become a, 
pop culture reference. Yeah, we timed out in the third round because he was he was explaining the virtues of probably not the player we were drafting, but <laughs> I think it might have been T. Higgins. The other part I really enjoyed that was the fact that he said that TJ Hawkinson was a terrible pick. And I actually was listening. <laughs> then I, we... I was watching it on replay and I actually DM'd him and I was like I can't believe you said that. And then he said, keep listening. And then it was just that he <laughs> didn't want anyone else to know that he's wanted him because it was live. So, uh, yeah, next level yeah. thinking. So, Sean, yeah. give, us a, give us a rundown you of become the, the champ. roster here. Well, I mean, this is maybe the most fun team that we've drafted yet. We have three elite quarterbacks in Marcus Mariota, Kenny Pickett, and Malik Willis. Our running back group, DeAndre Swift, Rashad Penny. Devin Singletary, Damian Harris, Tyler Algier, Eno Benjamin, our wide receivers, CeeDee Lamb, T. Higgins, Jalen Waddell, Darnell Mooney, Drake London, Devontae Smith, Garrett Wilson, the tight ends, Albert O, and Noah Fant. Two of the teammates back together. The old teammates, two of the five most athletic tight ends in the entire NFL. The wide receiver group has insane upside with a lot of youth. We have breakout potential. We have secondary breakout potential. We have the chance that Six of these guys at a minimum could fit in the top 15 at running back, uh, still getting just crazy prices on Rashad Penny and Devin Singletary, who were the big tournament winners last year. You get to put DeAndre Swift and his possibility of being the version in 2022 of Jamal Charles from 2013. You had Damian Harris, a potential 20 touchdown score into the group. You have Tyler Algier, who the Falcons appear to be messing with a little bit early in the preseason, making him earn his role. He looks like he may be the second best running back in the rookie class behind Brees Hall, Eno Benjamin, this year's James Connor. My theory for this team is that we get to week 17. You have all of that production at running back and wide receiver and the discussion that week as these teams that are in the finals are poured over is what on earth would possess anyone to before the season started to select Marcus Mariota, Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis. What would have possessed a group to draft Mariota, the overall QB six to draft Malik Willis, the quarterback projected to score the most points in the entire NFL in week 17. How is it fair that there would be three drafters so clueless before the season started that they would luck into that team for the finals? Why do you think the answer is Blair? I mean, it's better to be lucky than a draft board. (laughs) What's that? Say that again. I said, because we wanted to color coordinate our draft board. Exactly. You you can't, uh, it's not every day you get to start uh, or you get to draft a team that ends in three purples in a row. I think it could be fun, though. And uh, we do get Noah Fant in for, I believe, actually, the team last year in the FFPC had Fant, Penny, and Singletary on it. I don't think, I think that was the, the range of guys here because we have a lot of other young guys in it. But they were our main guys last year on that roster. Um, so we're kind of semi running it back and we'll see how we get on. But Confidence levels are at an interesting point here because I think the team is really good, but I think we're 
we may have no starting quarterbacks come week 17 we'll see how we get on in that perspective but it's been fun Blair you have the Road of His report back up and running with Hassan that will be going live every Sunday on the Road of His YouTube channel it'll also be available on all the podcast players that you can listen to on the Road of His report and the Road of His radio main feed but you're better at me than remembering this what time are you planning to kick that live stream off each Sunday so we've been doing live stream uh, at nine o'clock on Sundays. Although I want to, uh, <laughs> I want to confer with Hassan before promising that it's going to stay that way in the season. Hopefully, we'll we'll move that a little bit earlier and not compete with Sunday night football this year. But um, yeah, we'll definitely have an announcement about that coming soon. Okay, so Blair's making the the decision to to not try and challenge Sunday Night Football for the the ratings this year, but who knows? I think sometimes watching think, those those primetime games with the the audio off and listening to something else is usually the plus EV way to play it. We were giving them a run for their money, and they said, "You guys can't keep having your stream at this time. It's it's too bad for our ratings." So that's said, that's fine. what. That's what the rumors are anyway. But you can also find Blair on Twitter at Am I the Read Blair. Obviously, myself and Sean will be bringing you content throughout the rest of this week as we ramp up into the start of the season. Lots more drafts, lots more content coming. Obviously, Sean has the zero RB list and three parts up on rotaviz.com, along with much more work. So check that out. Check out all the other content up on rotaviz.com. If you are signing up, you can use the code RVRadio2022 at checkout to get yourself a 10% discount off a one-year subscription to rotaviz.com get you access to all of our content and tools so do not miss out on that get signed up today we also sean should mention you do have a contest going at the moment for a listener to be able to win themselves a 350 dollars football guys ffpc draft along with yourself so that is that's pretty exciting the information for that will be in today's show notes do you have anything you want to plug for that contest or do you just want to tell everyone to make sure they enter yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to this doing these drafts it's so much fun and we love what you guys have done so anything that you have in the contest where you share some kind of anecdote or really fun thing that column has said that ben has said from a stealing bananas or rotovis overtime show that's probably your best chance to get in that sort of top 10 group get your name up there to win the contest but we appreciate everybody who enters everybody who listens 2022 has been fantastic to this point i can't wait for the season yeah me either so let's get to it we'll have more content coming your way probably shows dropping pretty much every day this week for road of his overtime and stadium bananas so you will get some of sean siegel in some format so make sure you're subscribed to both of those podcast feeds my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland my guest today has been blair andrews check him out on twitter at am i the read blair you can also find all his work up on rotoviz.com and of course check out sean's work on rotoviz as well until we are back with another show have a good one thank you for listening to overtime on rotoviz radio please rate and review the rotoviz radio podcast on itunes or your favorite podcast app you can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com follow us on twitter at rotoviz radio and remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to rotoviz with this country the rotoviz radio homepage rotoviz.com forward slash podcast everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of americans are deficient in if you are a woman over 35 magnesium will help you rediscover balance energy and vitality 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.